Welcome to Money MD, where the money doctors are in the house. We're giving out prescriptions for better financial health and making smart decisions with your money. We give common sense solutions to your complex problems. And now, here are the doctors. Well, John, we're marching on through uh, the fall into December. Good grief. I mean, yeah. year is about gone. Two weeks. Two few weeks. Yeah. No kidding. Yeah. And, um, I mean, yeah, got Christmas here and um, yep. New Year's. And guys, it's gone by. It really busy year. It really has, really has. And football is over too, pretty much, Congra- other than bowl games. Yeah, congratulations to Clemson, won the ACC tournament. Yeah, we did. Uh, we did. Georgia okay. Bulldogs, SEC. Yep. And the Gamecocks, the state championship. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Right, I'll, get, to, I'll give you that. It's been I'll a couple give weeks since hey, that. I'll, yeah, I'll give you that. You and I haven't really but talked about But if we'd have had our new oh, court, a new quarterback, yeah. I think it might have been different. Pro- we don't know. Probably. Probably so, yeah. But, hey, we're going to some good bowl games. Yeah. Carolina's Carolina's going. Notre Dame at the uh, Gator Bowl. That'll be a great game. You guys play Tennessee. That's going to be. Tennessee and Orange Bowl. Two great teams. I mean, that'll be fun. And Georgia. I'm hoping Georgia just just romps it all the way through. I think they will. They probably will. Honestly, I think they got the run game. So, a lot of fun things that happen with football. Good time of the year. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, speaking of interesting things, I mean, we got a couple of interesting topics to talk about here. John, I mean, we're going to talk about, you know, some proposed retirement changes. Um, it's Secure Act 2.0. Mm, you yep. know, if people remember, there was a Secure Act that was passed in 2019 that yep. went into effect in 2020. And uh, so they have an addition to that. And there are some new changes with retirement plans and contributions and withdrawals and that kind of stuff. And so um, anyway, they're proposed. They're not quite through yet, but they might be passed by the end of the year. So we're going to talk about that. Yeah. And then we're going to follow that up with a discussion of unclaimed money. Um, You know, we've talked about this before, Steve. This is a really good deep dive. We actually have seven um, websites to go check. So if you have a deceased relative and you're not sure, you know, maybe they had some bank accounts or uh, even pensions um, out there, 401ks, you can go and check for that relative and make sure you're not leaving any money on the table. So. Yeah, that's a really common, a lot more common than people think, <clears throat> yeah. that money is left on the table. And I have a good example of one that I helped a, a client take care of this year. Um, and by the way, I'm Steve Marbert. I'm a certified financial planner and a Dave Ramsey Smart Investor Pro with over 27 years experience in financial planning and investment advice. And I'm John Travis. I'm a Dave Ramsey certified counselor. I have an MBA in finance, finance and have been helping corporations and individuals with planning for over 30 years. And we're excited to have you listening to us today on our weekly show. Our podcasts are up every Friday morning. Yeah, check out our website, moneymd.net. We have a link to uh, all the podcasts. If you missed one in the last couple of weeks or this year, you can certainly go back and listen to it. We also have it categorized by topics. So we, we talk about a lot of different things from kids and money to parents, uh, long-term care insurance, um, you know, just you name it. We've, we've talked about it over time. So check that out. Uh, good website as well. We have some resources Actually, going to reference um, <clears throat> something uh, in the in the the last topic here on unclaimed money um, that you need to go check out on our website, and then uh, we also have a Facebook page, Money MD, and I think you're doing the prescription. This That's week. right. I'll yep. be up there um, on the Facebook page talking go. about very interesting stuff. So, but we're going to start off here, John, with the financial fact of the week. Yeah. So, <clears throat> you know, we're coming into the the new year, and uh, we're big believers in in budgeting. I mean. You know, budgeting just kind of helps you to allocate your resources, and it really gives you approval to spend in certain areas. And budgeting has actually been found in research to be associated with with positive health and also, you know, good financial practices. So 
people who budget their money uh, may be inclined also to budget calories from a health standpoint to restrict food consumption and uh, maybe having a daily calorie allowance. So we've talked about some of these tools before, Every Dollar, um, YNAB, which is You Need a Budget. Um, there's another one a client had sent to me and sent me an email, and he's tried some of these other ones, and he's using goodbudget.com. So he huh. says it's it's really good. Um, he prefers it. It can handle irregular income, and it's a little bit more intuitive. So um, goodbudget.com is something if, you, if you're looking for a new way to budget, go check that out. Yeah, absolutely. Budgeting is important. It doesn't have to be that complicated. It can be simple. You can only have like 10 categories and just, you sure. know, but create a budget. I mean, that discipline in life, as they're alluding to here, it's not limited to finances and it's contagious. Mm-hmm. You know, if, you, if you're having some success in your budgeting and your finances, you're going to likely move on and carry that over, that momentum over into other areas of your life, like, you know, dieting and, yes, and other areas of your life health. So, um, start with the small things and build some momentum from there. So that's a great fact of the week. And that leads us up here to our first topic, and that is the proposed changes um, with retirement plans from the SECURE Act 2.0. Um, John, you know, um, with the end of, of 2022, you know, approaching really fast, I mean, Congress is rushing to approve this new these new provisions, um, and they have some bipartisan uh, kind of support for that. That's um, unusual. These, it really is unusual. Yeah, these changes are a follow-up to the SECURE Act that was enacted in law back in 2019, which changed a lot of the rules around how you can save and withdraw money from your retirement accounts. The 2019 bill um, represented kind of the first major legislative changes to the laws relating to retirement plans in more than 10 years. But the House has already passed the SECURE Act 2.0 um, earlier this year, on a um, nearly unanimous vote. And it's possible that the final updated plan will gain Senate approval, you know, here in 2022 before the end of the year. They might tack it on to some other bills that they're rushing through here. Um, but the time frame is pretty tight. So, you know, it's certainly not a certainty that that will happen. Um, but the current bill, you know, requires passage um, before they adjourn or else they'll have to start over with the new Congress in, next year. So, um, but there's some hope there. Yeah. And so the, the lack of retirement preparedness among Americans, I mean, is getting the attention of the uh, policymakers. Uh, according to one study, by 2050, the U.S. will face about $137 trillion retirement income gap. And that's just the difference between what savers should have and what they've actually saved. So, you know, if those projections hold, then retirees in six major economies, including the U.S., would basically outlive their savings by an average of eight to 20 years. And so these proposed changes, they're designed to empower the individual to reach, you know, those savings goals, have more flexibility in retirement. So, you know, we're going to dive into this a little bit, try to understand the current laws of what actually changed two years ago, and also what's on the table um, of, you know, what may be in the future. And this impacts a lot of people. So it's, um, it, and some of these are good. I mean, I think they're, I'm disappointed. So security's not in here at some point, right? They <laughs> that's going to have to be addressed, that. but these are some other areas that will help people. Yeah, that's right. And so first, though, let's let's go back and let's review what was changed a couple of years ago in the 2019 legislation that added some enhancements to the existing rules about retirement savings and withdrawals. And so it included um, raising the age of the minimum requ- distribution, the required minimum distribution from 70 and a half to 72. 
So it delayed that RMD and gave you more time to adjust, you know, what you, you know, would, would take, um, for your, your retirement, um, from your work and your tax situation and kind of regroup and have more time to think about those things. It also eliminated the age limit for traditional IRA contributions. Um, they can now occur at any age provided they have earned income compensation. So as long as you're working, and then it also removed the ability of non-spouse beneficiaries to stretch out those distributions. You know, the old stretch IRA, <clears throat> mm-hmm. it got rid of that. <clears throat> um, so you can't do that over your lifetime anymore. So in these circumstances, the entire value of the IRA had to be distributed within 10 years of receipt. So that has made it a little more complicated for people taking RMDs when you inherit mm-hmm. a retirement plan from <clears throat> somebody other than your spouse. Yeah, and also 529 college plans, um, the account holders can use those funds to repay up to $10,000 of student loan debt uh, per year. Um, you also have access penalty-free uh, withdrawals of up to $5,000 from a employer retirement plan to help offset cost of having or adopting a child. So those are just a couple of things that, that change. And, you know, there's some new provisions um, in 2.0, which, um, you know, are interesting. Yeah, in this new bill that they're <clears throat> trying to pass this year, um, they're making some updates to the RMDs um, once again. So a proposal that's in the package would allow RMDs to be delayed until, uh, that's required minimum distributions, to be delayed until uh, age 73. So an extra year um, beginning next year in 2022. Um, well, actually beginning 20, this year if yeah. it got passed, but it's a little late for that yeah. probably. <laughs> You know, and then the required start date for distributions would also shift to age 74 in 2029 and then age 75 in 2032. So it kind of phases that in over time. Um, Other proposals contain variations on that time frame, including making RMDs uh, first effective in, in, in at age 75 in 2031. So... Um, you know, several variations on this. And additionally, under current law, though, failure to comply with RMD requirements results in a, a 50% excise tax. Ouch. Um, if you don't take your RMD, yeah, that's huge, right? So, we, you know, everybody jumps through hoops to make sure they get that RMD taken. Um, so the news proposal, though, would would decrease that penalty <clears throat> to, to something like 25, all the way down to 10% if an individual fails to take that timely RMD. Yeah, another provision that they're they're looking at is increasing the catch-up contributions. Uh, right now, if you're over the age of 50, you have an opportunity to do that in both 401ks and IRAs. And under the new proposal, uh, there's another form of catch-up contribution they're talking about between the ages of 62 and 64 in one plan, and then 60 to 63 in another one. Basically, they would allow people to put another $10,000 in, in addition to the catch-up contributions to a 401k or a 403b plan. And this maximum would be you know, indexed for inflation in future years. It, just, it would increase um, that amount. Another important proposed change to basic catch-up contributions is allowing people to contribute after tax to a Roth, and then that would be tax-free when they're withdrawn. That's... That's yeah. generous. Yeah, that is. That's that unusual. Is. So, you know, there's also a, a proposal to index IRA catch-up contributions to inflation as well. So they increase those a little bit. But, you know, allowing people to put more into retirement to try to close that, you know, that gap that we talked about earlier. Yeah, very interesting stuff. And then um, another plan uh, proposal they have <clears throat> is for retirement plan contributions for 
people with student loans. Um, under this bill, um, it would include a provision that would allow employers to make contributions for retirement plans for employees who are still repaying student loans um, so they could make the employee portion of that contribution get their match um, and do that for the employee if they have student loans. So because it is unusual for younger employer uh, uh, workers to, you know, if they're carrying student loans to forego contributions to the retirement plan in order to continue to pay off their student loans. So under that proposal, employers could do that for them and it would give them some uh, opportunity to uh, offer this incentive to attract and retain young employees um, with student loan debt. Another provision is penalty-free early withdrawals. Um, the proposal provides for an additional penalty-free withdrawal from retirement plans and includes hardship loans for individuals who've been subject to domestic abuse, um, kind of similar to the adoption provisions that were passed back in 2019 um, to avoid the 10% early penalty. Also includes distributions for terminally ill patients or participants, um, up to $22,000 that could be distributed from retirement or, or, or an IRA on a penalty-free basis. Um, and also for uh, people affected by declared disasters hmm. in a disaster area. So in addition to re tax reporting, I mean, these distributions could be spread out over three years um, for taxes. And then distributions to pay for premiums on certain types of long-term care contracts up to uh, $2,500 per year could be withdrawn for that per for any purpose but for long-term care. Um, so, yeah, there's some good provisions in here that allow for early you know, yeah, distributions. You yeah. still pay taxes on it, right? Federal and state. Right. But, but the, you the, avoid the, the penalty. Yeah, the penalty would go away. That's good. And another one here is auto enrollment in 401k plans. Uh, instead of making it um, optional by employers, it would make it re a requirement for any new, um, you know, 401k or 403b plan. And, um, you know, depending on the piece of legislation, the amount automatically deferred would start at 3% and then would have uh, that increased by 1% a year until they're at least at 10%. Now, they, you can opt out of that, but it would be something that you would turn on initially to start that, you know, savings for retirement. So I like that one. Yeah, it kind of helps somebody default to success, mm -hmm. you know, yep. with the automatic increase. Um, other provisions, um, one of the Senate provisions would give employees access to emergency funds by setting up a 3% of pay up to $2,500 to access those funds once per month, um, kind of as an emergency fund inside of a retirement plan. That's kind of unusual. Um, a separate proposal would allow penalty-free withdrawals up to $1,000 to cover emergencies. So those are some provisions that have been kind of thrown around in there, but it's it's uncertain whether or not those would be included. And then updated retirement plan legislation, uh, you know, made impressive progress on Capitol Hill earlier this year, along with the full House approval um, of the SECURE Act 2.0. Um, there are two Senate bills under consideration that have achieved committee-level approval um, but the action stalled this summer, but the Senate's Finance Committee advanced the final language of its um, Enhanced American Retirement Act, the EARN Act, um, which is part of this Secure 2.0 Act, or it's a, their provision, their their version of that bill. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, so there's a good percentile for that to be passed um, in the Senate this this year before the end of the year. 
you know, it's up in the air, um, but we'll see. Regardless of how these new enhancements work out, you know, this year, um, just make sure that you're getting your full mm -hmm. contribution into your 401k plan or your retirement plan before the year end, um, if you still have room to make those additions this year. But, um, you know, there could be some positive developments yeah. coming down the road some, for retirement. Certainly plans. something we keep keep our uh, our eye out for. Definitely. We're watching this it, all the time. It definitely affects, you know, everything yeah. that... Certainly does. That people do for retirement yeah. savings. Yeah. So we got the question of the week. Yep. That this leads is, us right up to that. Yeah, this is a good one. So I've actually had um, two referrals recently um, uh, talking to people that have businesses um, okay. and they've done well in the business, but they haven't saved outside. There's no retirement plan. So, hmm. okay. you know, the question with them, they're, they're in their, you know, late forties or fifties and they're starting to think a little bit about retirement and you know, so the question is, is how do I get retirement income when I have this business? And mm. I know you deal with this and have dealt with this and help clients, but you know, you've got everything in the business. Um, everything is riding on the business. So all your eggs are in that basket. Right. We do see clients that, you know, you have to be able to, to monetize that asset, which means how do you get income out of it? And you can, right. you can sell the business. Um, but that's a difficult, it's not easy to sell you know, if you have a lawn care business or whatever type of business it is, um, to, to get a paycheck from someone willing to do that. So, I mean, we, we kind of do a dual strategy of, you know, starting the, the retirement saving in Roth IRAs, or maybe they're doing simple uh, 401ks, but we do believe that, you know, you should diversify Absolutely. your asset. Cause yeah. I mean, these, these examples is they're pouring everything back into the business. And I get that, um, cause they want to try to grow it and so forth. But then if you don't sell that, uh, you're not able to sell it, then you're you're going to be working that your yeah, entire life. Absolutely, so. yeah. You need to try to get some assets going outside of your your business. I mean, hopefully you can sell it. You know, whenever the time comes, and and like you said, monetize that. Um, you know, or at least sell it and have some kind of earn out. They continue to pay you for yeah. you know ten years. That's a pretty common mm -hmm. um, scenario as well. But you know, you never know. I mean, you you gotta you know take some of that income and it may come down to budgeting. I mean, the, this person, you know, whoever it is might not, might not do a good job with the spending side and controlling their spending and budgeting. I mean, if their business is truly successful, you should have enough income mm -hmm. that you can also contribute to a retirement plan. Yes. So it's part of the pay structure. Yeah. So you want to structure that in your business if you can, because that's a good opportunity to put a lot of money in retirement. If you have a business um, using, you know, either a SEP IRA or a simple IRA or something yep. like that. So, uh, Definitely don't let your business just consume all of your savings and not and and forego retirement. Yep. So good question of the week. And that leads us up here to our next topic, and that is how to find unclaimed money from deceased relatives, you know? Yeah, this is a great topic, and we've got some good resources here. Um, I will say on the front end of this, um, we're going to put these websites that we're going to mention um, on the show notes. So if you go to our website and you see the show <clears throat> we'll have these websites in there. Um, got got approval from Josh on that. So good. There, there are some good websites here. Um, but, you know, receiving an inheritance, um, whether it's expected or unexpected, can help to improve your financial financial outlook. And um, this, this article is coming from Yahoo Finance. It's recent from Rebecca Lake. And she kind of goes on to talk about, you know, the lack of planning. Um, you know, sometimes an inheritance can be displaced and it's possible that there may be unclaimed money from a deceased relative um, just sitting out there that you don't even know about. So you know, the first question is, is how do you find it? And um, what happens if, if you're not able to locate it? Um, you know, if you suspect that there could be unclaimed money left behind by a relative, 
you got to know what the steps are to track it down. And that's what we're going to kind of talk about today and, and show you how you can do that. Yeah, absolutely. In fact, I have a, an example of this. I mean, I helped a client this year um, that had money, an asset, it was stock that was left over from her brother's estate um, from probably 15 years ago, wow. long time ago. He had passed away and didn't really have a will, um, just had a handwritten will that didn't really address these things. And, um, and so uh, this was a stock that was held in a, you know, transfer agent up in Canada, and she had no idea how to handle it, you know, and it had gone nowhere, you know, she'd called a time or two and, you know, gotten forms, but they were just, it was Greek to her, and there was a whole bunch of, of, of hurdles to jump through to try to, to get this, you know, distributed, and so she didn't know how to do it. So anyway, so I helped her and, you know, we, we went through a lot of hoops, but, you know, make a long story short, she had to go back to, you know, probate court in the county that he mm. passed away to get a small, small probate court uh, affidavit proceedings that would specifically address that stock. Mm -hmm. And it, but it's pretty simple to do, you know, if you go up there and you just, you're, you're truly the executor you know, of the estate, I mean, they will, they will work with you, yeah. you know, and it, it's not like it's a, it's a, it's not a month long process. You got to have the court documents. Saying, you just got to have I the mean, court the documents, approval. right. And then you got to have the affidavit of domicile and the other things they want. But still I helped her do that and we got it done and it's, it was worth doing because it was like $8,000 of, yeah. of stock, you know, that her nieces and nephews were going to be able to get. Um, but yeah, it can sit there forever. So, you know, so how can you claim un, get this unclaimed money from deceased relatives. I mean, the short answer is yes, you can do it. Um, but you can, but you have to, you know, kind of follow a process. So, I mean, if you believe that you're entitled to money that's left behind from a deceased relative, then you can make some legal claim under the inheritance laws of your state. Um, that, that does involve usually going to a probate court, mm -hmm. but it depends on what type of asset it is. <clears throat> In some cases, you may be named as the beneficiary of an asset. So if it's like a, if it's like a retirement plan or a life insurance policy, um, then yeah, I mean in that case, you're you're gonna if you're named as a beneficiary, you're automatically able to claim those proceeds, and you know according to the the laws, and and it would be, you know, put in your name. Um, so for claiming something like a life insurance policy that you're the beneficiary of, it usually just means you just have to present. Uh, your, you know, proof of your identity and a copy of the death certificate, and then there'll be some paperwork and they'll, they'll almost immediately distribute that to you, um, once they've attained that, um, for other types of accounts, like an IRA, 401k plan, payable on death account, um, in trust, it's kind of the same process. You just have to go to that custodian, whoever has those assets and present a death certificate. Yep. And a, um, you know, proof of your identity. Yeah. So the only time you wouldn't be able to automatically claim an asset or unclaim money um, is if your relative specifically named someone else to receive it in their will. And, you know, if the will is legally valid, you know, you might have to challenge that in, in court. And um, a judge then would decide whether to uphold the will or honor your claim to those assets. So obviously you'd have to, you know, go to a lawyer to go to, through that process. But the question is, is what happens to unclaimed money from from uh, dead relatives? I mean, there are different reasons that money goes unclaimed when someone passes away. Um, you know, it's possible that that you know maybe your parents took out a life insurance policy yep. without informing the children, simply because they aren't comfortable talking about money or estate planning. So you may not even know the policy exists, and 
Another possibility is that a relative, you know, could have opened a bank account and, um, you know, then forgotten about them. That's not uncommon. The seniors that have de- dementia or Alzheimer's, um, you know, unless you have a conservator or someone else they trust to manage their financial affairs, it's entirely possible that assets, you know, could slip through the cracks. And the end result is the, the accounts become unclaimed prop, you know, money. And it and uh, there's there's some good news here. It doesn't just like disappear, but you got to know how to go find it. That's right. That's right. Um, you know, it, ha- it can, however, eventually end up being turned over to the state if no one comes forth to claim it. Um, every state has laws about unclaimed property, and, and the, the time frames vary, um, but they all require financial institutions to turn over unclaimed assets after a set period of time. Um, for example, if no one comes forward after, say, five years, then the state may take possession of those unclaimed assets, but it still sits there at the yeah. state. It's still available. Somebody just has to come come forth and claim it. Yeah. So states generally don't impose any time restrictions on how long you have to do this. So you know you don't have to worry about missing an opportunity to lay claim on this money um, or assets. In fact, you 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 never um, if you never go and search for that unclaimed money from deceased relatives, your estate could still go back and claim those assets once you pass away. Uh, if the state inheritance laws allow it. So, you know, after five years, it typically goes to the state and then it just sits there. So the the, the big question we've been alluding to is how do you find this money? And, um, you know, it starts by taking, you know, an inventory, if you can, of the assets that you think you need to look for, um, you know, bank accounts, real estate, insurance policies, retirement plans. You know, once you have a list of those possible assets, um, there's a number of websites out there. I'm going to list a couple of them here. Again, they're going to be in the, the show notes. Um, if you're not writing this down, or if you're listening to this when you're walking or driving, one of them is missingmoney.com. Uh, another one is unclaimed.org. There's a treasurydirect.gov. Um, there's one for pensions called pbgc.gov. Um, so there's seven of them in total. Another one here I think is important, unclaimed401ks. It's called unclaimedretirementbenefits.com. So... Mm. You know, you got a you got some resources here. It's going to take a little bit of work to to go through this, but gosh, I mean, I have not done this um, for my my grandmother passed away in 2018, right? So mm. you know, I mean, my mom was pretty on top of her financial situation, but you never know. Yeah, I've plugged our name in multiple times in missingmoney.com, and you know, I, my name hasn't come up, but I've I've had plenty of relatives that come up and. You know, I've even notified them before and said, hey, there's some money out here somewhere that that you apparently um, are entitled to. But um, but, you know, I don't know. I mean, it's uh, it's one of those things that you'd be surprised Um, if you plug your name in. You might you probably at least see some relatives, if not your own. Yeah, (laughs) just depends on how many times you moved and, and that kind of stuff. Um, but in terms of where you can look for unclaimed money from deceased relatives online, <clears throat> offline, um, you can check with your state's office of treasure. Um, you can Google unclaimed property for your state's website to check. Um, but you can also check locals and state property tax records for vehicles, land, home, <clears throat> you know, that your deceased relatives might have owned. Um, you know, this won't definitely tell you whether or not those assets are unclaimed assets. Um, but it could point you in the right direction for making a claim if you believe that you're entitled to that that piece of property. Yeah, so we've got, you know, seven websites. Again, we're going to put that in the show notes. But, you know, consider um, beforehand avoiding this situation, trying to locate, um, 
you know, unclaimed money from deceased relatives is difficult. So before they pass away, talk to your parents about their estate plan. See if you can help them out to avoid this situation. Um, you know, we see a lot of older clients starting to consolidate their money, right? They have, you know, five different 401ks and they put it into one IRA. And um, so if you go to our website, investrya.com, we actually have a financial account inventory sheet out there. It's a great place to document your assets and you can you know, pass it on to your loved ones. It's just a roadmap. So it's not a, um, a difficult situation because if you don't do that, um, you know, it's going to take a lot of detective work and um, it may, may take some hours. But if you suspect there, there's maybe some unclaimed inheritance money floating around, it, it's probably worth going to some of these websites and, and checking out, um, you know, some, you know, see if there's something out there. But Again, you know, consolidating, you know, accounts, trying to get them together. Um, we've seen that to be very effective and also documenting what your, you know, your, your loved ones have. So when they do pass away, you're not trying to, you know, recreate a puzzle. Yeah. It's not unusual at all to see old 401ks or something that somebody has forgotten that's, you know, from some employer from yep. decades ago. So yeah. So also, so go to our website, um, moneymd.net and the, these websites will be out there in the show notes. Yep. Very good. All right. And that leads up here to our final thing. And that is the prescription of the week. Um, and this is, um, one that I did actually, that'll like John said, will show up on Facebook, I believe, uh, this week. And so it is the check the status your tax status for the year here, as we're, the year is coming down to a close, um, you know, if you're in a 12% tax bracket, which, um, you know, a lot of retirees are, if you're married, that goes up to about 110000 of gross income for most married couples. Um, so if you're in that 12% tax bracket and you have some room left inside that 12% tax bracket, our advice usually <clears throat> is to use up the remaining part of that room by either doing like a Roth conversion um, or realizing long-term gains, because that's a very low tax bracket. You know, someday after you get age 72, um, you know, you're probably not going to, you might not be in that tax bracket when you have to start taking required minimum distributions. So take advantage of any remaining room you have inside the 12% bracket before the end of the year here. You only have till December 31st. And, you know, if you have room, do a Roth conversion, realize some long-term gains, use up, the remaining part of your 12% bracket so you don't miss any tax benefits of taking advantage of that low rate here at the end of the year. So that's your prescription of the week. And that leads us to a close for this week's edition of MoneyMD. Tune in next week for more prescriptions for your financial health. Check our website, moneymd.net. Send us your questions. We'd love to hear from you. Or you can give us a call at Richard Young Associates at 706 739 0725. Thanks for listening. Have a great rest of your week. Have a good one. Material in this program is intended for general information only and should not be taken as specific investment tax or legal advice. None of the information contained in this broadcast is intended by the host to be a solicitation for the purchase or sale of any security. All hosts are representatives of Richard Young Associates, a registered investment advisor. 